Thanks for tuning in to our regional alumni panel event. Today's podcast is focused on the alumni who resided in Africa prior to joining our Ivy MBA program. They'll share their experiences from the admissions process through to life here in Canada. My name is Anna Cleary. I'm an Associate Director of MBA Admissions and Recruitment here at the Ivy School of Business, and I work particularly with candidates coming in from the African region. And uh, I'm joined here by two of our wonderful alumni, and I'll let them introduce themselves. So, uh, BA, would you mind if I passed over to you? Of course, yes. Uh, my name is BA, BA Jaja, and uh, I did my MBA in 2020, graduated in 2021, convocated in 2022. <laughs> um, yeah, ask us for the details of that. Um, my background is in law, did that in Nigeria for six years, and um, I'm here in Canada, been working uh, with the provincial Ministry of the Attorney General. Um, as a strategy consultant. Um, it's, well, it's nice to meet everyone and just to, you know, share some of our our stories with you. Great. Thanks, BA. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this as well. And Olu, can I pass over to you? Yeah, sure. Um, I think I'll get started by saying thanks. Thanks, Anna, for, you know, for setting this up. And thanks to everyone for joining too. Uh, my name is Olu. My my background isn't as glowing as uh, as beings, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I started, my undergrad was in agricultural economics, and then I pivoted into, into accounting. I worked with one of the big four firms back in Nigeria for, what now, five years, moved over to PwC Qatar for another year. And then you know I came for the MBA. Um, that was that was in BS class, so I was MBA 2021 to convocated in 2022. And it's interesting, BA and I are intentionally emphasizing that. But yes, um, that's my background, and I, I look forward to you know having a you know an interesting conversation with you guys. Great. Thanks so much, Ulu. Well, it's a pleasure, as I said, to have you both here. I'm really excited to kind of hear more about your stories. Um, so I think, you know, jumping off, I'm really keen to hear uh, to hear you talk through how you decided, you know, Ivy was the right program for you, whether there were any concerns kind of around the one-year length of the program. I know sometimes we have candidates who come in and uh, they're concerned about the the not doing the two years without, you know, not necessarily getting the internship. So it'd be great to hear about some of your decision-making practices and how you decided decided to uh, kind of come to your eventual choice to come join us. Uh, Olu, I, I, I hope you don't mind if you start. Oh, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, okay, so how did I decide on Ivy? I think, you know, as with most people, I was looking at the number of schools. I was looking not just at schools, but I was looking at also a country to move to. So I wanted to do the U.S. at the time. Um, and then, of course, um, I, I was looking at Canada too. Um, one of the reasons why I chose Canada and then I'll, you know, tie that into Ivy's course of the very um, great immigration policies compared to you know to to the country across the border um and so that that was why that was how i landed on canada and then once i landed on canada i was looking at you know the top mba programs um within the country um and i started chat, looking at you know that list and ivy you know popped up and thankfully i had someone who had gone through the program and so i reached out to them wanted to understand you know, the structure of the program, you know, how we tied into my own personal goals and all of those. And there was just that alignment. Um, one, unlike most people, I wanted to, I'd done seven, I'd done seven years um, in my professional career. So I wanted an MBA that was stopped, but was also going to be 
you know, as fast as possible, you know, get completed as fast as, as possible. And Ivy presented a one-year program um, to me. And so unlike most people, I chose Ivy because it was one year. Um, that's on one hand. And number two, I think the case study method, um, and you'd hear people repeat that as you talk to more along, along. Um, it was just fun. It was just a fantastic opportunity to be in class and, you know, have conversations with people about a new, you know, about a new concept and bring your own, you know, bring your own ideas to life and then hear other people's ideas. And I thought that, you know, it was just an exciting way to learn. And that was the second reason why, you know, I landed on, on all, well, third reason why I landed on Ivy. So for me, it was immigration policies. It was, you know, um, the case study method. And finally, it was actually the length of the program being one mm-hmm. year and the accelerated way in which you can get to the finish line and still, you know, I've gone to a top school. That, that was how I landed on, on yeah. Ivy. Yeah, but well, I mean, that's great to hear. And especially, you know, it's 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 good to hear you mention, you know, we'll get into the case study methodology a little bit later, but it is, it's such a, it's such a unique part of uh, doing the MBA here. And so it's great to hear that that was actually a deciding factor for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and BA, do you have anything, what, what was your decision process like? How did you end up deciding to come to Ivy? And what were some of your concerns that you worked through? Oh, yeah, good, good question. Um, I feel like, Olu and I were on this path together. So, you know, like before, about this time up to, well, maybe this is too early, but maybe from, oh no, not too early actually, because we're already in August, mm-hmm. July, August. So about this time up to February of um, 2020, we were talking, we're on the same WhatsApp groups, you know, just comparing notes, making decisions, um, talking about getting visas, talking about getting um you know, like where we're going to live, all kinds of, you know, decisions. So like, I'm just going back in my mind to that time when he was talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. why he decided. Um, For me, it was, I'm in a nutshell, this is what I usually say that Ivy made it easy for me to choose them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, you know, just a combination of timing and other factors just made it work out for me. So Ivy's um, program starts in the winter around February, March. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like that, so, so you have to be prepared a bit, a bit um, much, a bit ahead of other schools, you know, your applications to other schools. So it's almost like when Ivy's decision comes in, you already have that in the bag and you have to make a decision whether you want to move ahead or not. So that's kind of how it happened for me. I met Ali in Lagos. It was a wonderful meeting and she sort of accelerated the whole process for me, you know, with regard to my entire application process, my, um, everything that goes with that, there's quite a bit of administrative work, you know, you have to send in a few documents, get a few things done, you know, pay some monies, all of that. So just having that, you know, help and having my hands being held in the way that, you know, Ali did at the time. And I I know all of the, you know, recruiters, the admissions people are very involved, very, um, very kind, very nice, very warm. So that was really, that was, that was very heartwarming for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, so just to add to all the other factors that Ulu mentioned, and I would say that at the time, Ivy was the only school I applied to, (laughs) you know, frankly. And and that's also because of the timing. Like I said, you know, Ivy's program is a lot earlier than in the fall when um, other schools start. So I already had, by the time I had that in the back, I was like, do I really need to be applying to any other school? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when the summer, Came. So I, so, um, so yeah. And then the other thing was I have, I had a really good friend um, that was a year ahead of me. 
Mm-hmm. Graduated in uh, 2020 when I was going to start, and he um, told me about the program. Sold sold me on the program actually, and and the way it all came together, it was kind of inevitable that you know I would go to Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. And you know, something that that we sometimes hear is you know the concern about. Uh, Ivy, you know, the fact that we're a non-commuter program, we're based in London, Ontario, you know, was there an, was there a concern for either one of you that the program was based here in London rather than being based in Toronto? Did you want to go first? Oh, sure. Sure. I, I can go. I can go. Um, that it was based in London rather than Toronto. So yeah. at the time, at the time I was in Lagos, Nigeria, thinking about schools, I did not have a mental picture mm. of, you know, what I was going into, you know, how different London was from Toronto, you know, what the differences really were and so forth until, you know, maybe weeks to when I was coming or when I actually got here. So, mm-hmm. so that's a really good question. Um, I, so I didn't, I guess I didn't really have the chance to worry about it until okay. I came, yeah. but it, but, but obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, and it'd be good to just talk about that, you know, for people. I'd say London is a mid-sized city with a small town vibe. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you know, like just know that off the bat, um, it's not Toronto. Toronto has 6 million people. Toronto is one of the, you know, one of the large, I guess, large, not largest, but just wealthiest okay. cities yeah. in the world as yeah. well, you know, and one of most fun places to be. Um, so I want you to temper your expectations when you, you know, compare London to what, you know, Toronto is. Toronto is up there, right? Mm-hmm. London is, 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 is sort of suburban, you know, quiet, more affordable, um, very green, a lot greener than downtown Toronto, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that's uh, what you're coming to. Um, and I think that some of the things that um, London has going for is definitely the fact that it's a much more affordable city for a student. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I experienced something of a culture shock <laughs> yeah. moving from London to Toronto, and like just the difference in you know in the cost of living. Yeah. Um, so London kind of spoils you in that way. Yeah. Um, and, and of course the decision is yours, you know, for, you know, what you're trying to get out of the program, what you're looking for. And, and Western is definitely one of the, you know, one of the strong like pillars, you know, I would say from my, my perspective of London, like one of the major attractions to, to, to London as a city. So just mm-hmm. being a part of that community sort of gives you a lot of credibility on the streets, you know, just be, just the fact that you're coming into a new country being different. Um, I, I don't know, like before anybody would have a question about, you know, what you're doing here, they would guess that you were, you know, a student at Western and that that's actually quite, you know, good. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel a little safer and so mm-hmm. forth. So, so, so yeah, that, mm-hmm. I, that was my spiel. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great to hear. Yeah. No, it's good to yeah. hear. And I think you're right. I think that London is a bit of a smaller, it's a smaller city. It's not like Toronto. And I think mm-hmm. in that way, then kind of the, the culture and the community within the MBA can be mm-hmm. a, a stronger because it's not yeah. necessarily a, a commuter program with people kind of coming in from the suburbs. But although you're you're sort of nodding, I'm I'm keen to hear what you think as well. Oh yeah, I was I was going to say that similar to me, I didn't have that um worry about being in London. But I think the two things that I've you know from from people that I've spoken to that two things that are it's usually top of mind for them. All, one thing, which is London is away from the big city Toronto. And so 
you know, how what our employment opportunity is going to look like for, for us. I think there are two ways to come at it. Uh, first is that, you know, the career management has something called Get Connected and Get Connected happens in Toronto. And mm-hmm. so the way Get Connected happens is that, you know, everybody from school will go to Toronto and then employers will come and have conversations with you. And so if you are worried about London being too far away from Toronto, again, it's just two hours drive, whether by train or by, you know, by road. But, you know, people, you'll get opportunities to have that face time with employers in Toronto. That's on the one hand. I think um, the other thing is with COVID, things have changed too. So most of the interviews that, you know, that we have now online, most of the coffee chats, nobody really walks into, you know, Starbucks, the coffee shops, again, to have those coffee chats. Um, for the most part, you know, you have conversations, you, you have virtual conversations like this. So mm-hmm. that worry about not, you know, being disadvantaged in some sense by, you know, because you're in London really is not there, um, you know, mm-hmm. for those two reasons that I've stated. So I, I thought to just add that for, you know, anybody that has that perhaps has that work. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's good to hear. I think that sort of speaking about how career management really centers a lot of their support within Toronto, because I mean, that is where a lot of our grads go. They have this wonderful opportunity to develop this community and participate in this really close-knit culture here in London. And then they can move, you know, a lot of them end up moving to Toronto for those job opportunities after, you know, after graduation, because that is where a lot of the jobs are. Uh, So circling back to something that you said earlier, just thinking about the curriculum, uh, can maybe, Olu, do you think you could kind of outline a little bit more about what case study looks like and how that kind of rolls out over the course of the year? Yeah, sure. I BA, BA was a superstar in class, by the way. I think I should I should put that out there first. <laughs> um, but the way cases work is, um, and I'll try to be an- anecdotal with this, um, imagine that we wanted to discuss about, let's see, capital. Um, and what you typically find is that in most MBA programs, you'd have a material that explains, you know, defines capital, tell you types of capital that there are, etc., etc. And well, IV is different and unique in that with case study method, what we do is actually have a case, right, of a real life event, a real life business event that happened, um, 10, 15, 20 pages behave, I'm not wrong, um, that you read and you prepare before coming into class. And so you read that case, come into class and have, you know, conversations around that case that is anchored by um, the professor. So imagine that we wanted to talk about capital again, using that example that I used, and we could have spoken about how whatever company, say WeWork, went about raising their capital, maybe their Series A or Series B or whatever, right? And so we all come to class and have conversations about how they went about raising that money. BA would give us, you know, very fantastic descriptions of, you know, how WeWork went about, how they could have gone about it differently. And so you'd find that the conversation is a lot deeper, a lot richer, and a lot more practical, you know. So you're not just learning theoretical stuff, you're learning theory, but also the practicality and the applicability of whatever concept it is you're you're learning. And and that's why I find it fun. I I think the biggest thing that I, I personally take away from the cases is how, you can go at a case, in, you know, in one direction, and then someone else with different background, you know, and a different lens will look at that same case and come at it differently. And so you walk out of class having this well-rounded, you know, very rich and diverse perspective about that one topic. And I think that's, that's what I find enjoyable and, you know, very instructive about case study method. Yeah. Is there anything I've missed yet? Yeah, that's great. BA, I'm keen to hear your your thoughts as well. 
Yeah, no, like that just took me back to, you know, PepsiCo, Amazon, Apple, Gov, <laughs> those massive cases. And I think that, you know, when you come out of the MBA, aside, you know, the business education, you actually become something of a master in some of these companies. Like you almost can speak authoritatively about Apple, you know, or, you know, some of these cases, like, you know, you were talking about some of these series A, series B, and you just be talking, oh, when they did this, this is why they did what they did. I mean, you can have, you, you can sound like the smartest person in the room in, in, some, in, in some, some, some cases, but no, yeah, he, he described it very well. Um, and the thing that is interesting about the case study method, it's, it's interesting, but that is where, you know, the challenge really is, is the fact that you are in the seat of the d- decision maker. And like, that's how all cases end. They tell you, this is the dilemma. This are the deci- these are the decisions he has to make. How does he make those decisions? And how do you, um, how do you problem solve? to get there? Like, what is your, your show you're working and quote, like, how do you get there? So that is where the work is. And that's where, and he was talking about um, the case study method, but it's also anchored on the fact that you have groups, you work with your group. So you have to have meetings with your group where you discuss the case before you come to class. So, so, um, so it's, it's, um, it's a lot of discussion, but it's a lot of pre-work. It's mm. a whole lot of pre-work and, and it's in the pre-work that you realize there's not enough time in the day. Mm. You know, your professors will tell you, oh, you only need an hour to do this finance case. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize it's taking you all of six hours. Yeah. <laughs> as well, I mean, because while well, the professor knows, you know, professors are professor of finance, yeah. they'll take them a minute, but, you know, mm. people like us that don't have, you know, a background in finance will need, you know, a bit more time. Yeah. And so that's what I found. So, it's 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 a great method because it's um the the learning stick a lot longer that's what mm-hmm. like i stick here and i remember um for example how to um build a dcf model you know what i mean but if, it, if it, in a different method i don't know that i would still be able to remember still be able to do it or how to segment a market you know some of those some of those things that you know we learn from from the mba the cases make them stick and it's the thing that it's the way humans are wired we're wired around stories we're wired around um music things like that so so when you infuse some of those things into your learning then it's almost like that's the way it should be we should learn with stories and and that's what the case study method is about that's what's incorporated that's what makes it stick and i think that's what makes us successful again i like to caveat it by saying i think the case method is harder on the students and you want to you know bear that in mind just come ready to put everything in mm-hmm. you know and like i said something might take uh, olumide one hour but will take me six hours because you know we have different backgrounds so so yeah just want to bear that in mind and and come ready you know and, and i would say if you're preparing for a business education it's not, it's, and for next year it's not too early to start mm-hmm. it's not too early to start to sort of research what what kind of topics you'll be dealing with and start to you know get yourself oriented around them the language mm-hmm. the amount of work it will take that sort of thing yeah 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 and i think you know it's interesting we always talk about kind of case study methodology as like it's a different way of learning and it's like you're not gonna ex- you're not expecting that you be able to do like a thousand sit-ups on the first day that you try to do some sit-ups like it's I it, it it seems like it's a it's a learning process and you know I think that means the first 
from what I hear from our students, that means the first kind of core can be really overwhelming and it can be, it's a lot of work and it's like drinking from a fire hose. But at the same time, it is something that you can get used to just because it's a different way of learning. You know, it just takes, takes that time. And, and I think that something that probably helps that along um, is the learning teams. And I'd be keen to hear a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned going through the case on your own BA, but then there's also the additional piece of the learning team. And you maybe want to talk through about your experiences with that and what that looks like for you. Sure. Um, so the learning teams, um, so you go through the case on your own and you come to the learning team so that you can be of benefit to your colleagues while you learn from them. Um, so um, so that's that's the process, right? After your classes all day, you have to prepare for the next day. And by prepare for the next day, I mean, read all the cases on your own and then go into these learning teams. And learning teams are made up of your colleagues. Um, it's it's I, I, I don't know how Ivy does it, but they get you a good mix, a good mix of, you know, talents in there. So where you're weak, somebody else might be stronger or where you, um, you struggled in your personal study, you get a, a chance to ask a few questions and get help um, if possible. Or, you know, you just find that somebody else has, because, you know, this is all they've done. Maybe they have an analytics background. They were able to build a whole model, come up with like just fresh new solutions to something that you couldn't figure out. So just that, um, that sense of collaboration, that community, that meeting of minds is, is very helpful to the learning process. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm sure about- they will have a lot to add <laughs> because, you know. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, you, you nailed it. Yeah, I think. The way that I describe the learning teams is, you know, it's it's a safe space. Um, and so you've struggled with, with a concept, you come to your learning team, you're almost certain that there'll be someone within that team that, you know, either has similar struggle um, and so you don't feel alone or, you know, can solve that problem and, you know, you learn within that your safe space. Um, the closest friends that I took away from the MBA actually are, are members of my learning teams. Um, and to BA's point, I think there is a method that Ivy takes that ensures that it's a great mix. It's a fine mix. There'll be someone with finance, but I used to hate marketing guys, but there's <laughs> there always someone in my learning team that was just great at marketing. Um, and while, you know, that person that loved marketing perhaps would not love finance, well, because my own background is in finance, you know, they would lean on me in that regard. And so, you know, the word is it's a safe space to learn after you've done your own pre-work. Um, you, you'd, you'd share that you find that you're not alone. So the same struggles that you face, someone else is facing it and you can, you know, talk together and divvy up, you know, those ideas or those concepts together. And before you go to the center stage, as I call it, you know, which is, which is a larger classroom. Um, yeah. And so it's this, the way that I think about that learning then is graduated, right? You, you, you read something on your own and you, you, you know, you get bits and pieces and then you go to your learning team and you, you, you get a lot more. And then you go finally to the larger class and you get even a richer perspective. And then, so that's the way that that learning process, you know, goes. So there's never a time where you're on your own or you're, you're lost as to, you know, learning this seemingly new um, com- concept. Um, uh, that, that's the way that I'll describe it. Yeah, that's great. And it's I think it's so valuable to always have that support that you just highlighted, you know, whether that's collaboration and communication with your with your learning team or with your other classmates or even with your professor. You know, it's it, it important that you're never, you're, like you said, you're never feeling like you're just out there on your own trying to feel it, figure it out by yourself without any support from anyone. Mm-hmm. So moving on to electives. Electives are obviously a really great way to be able to kind of uh, tailor 
career, the MBA that you want to take to really focus on the uh, subjects that you're interested in. Um, and so how did you go about picking yours? And did you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite elective? Like, was there one popular elective that everybody was like, this is what I want to take? Or, you know, perhaps for you individually, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this particular class. Or how did that work for you? I, 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 I'll, I'll try to go first on this one. I, I think I loved most of my electives. And I think it was also the way that I went about it, right? I, I knew what I wanted to do post-class at yeah. all, post the MBA. And, and so I was trying to tailor my electives. And, and that's the beautiful thing about the, about the IBM MBA program too. You've got such a wide, you know, um, pool of electives to select from that whatever, for the most part, whatever it is that you want to do post, you know, post-school, you're almost certain that you'd have, courses that would speak directly to that and will go in deeper. So for example, if you never had a finance background and you want to transition into finance, um, outside of what you've done in core, there's always, you know, there's a private equity course. I think BA took that one. Uh, um, there is, you know, there would always be, you know, electives that help dive deeper, deep, dive deeper, I beg your pardon, into what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. What was my best elective? Had to tell there was negotiations. I love negotiations. I, I did not know before getting into IB that it's a skill that can be taught. Um, mm. uh, and uh, you know, I, I loved every single class of negotiations. Um, I loved corporate financial reporting, that was another one. Um, and that's I mean, Chris won prof of the year or something, you know, he was wow. an amazing professor, had a, a background in accounting, and so he was exciting again to get back into accounting and you know, yeah. and chatting away about accounting standards in class. Um, and it was just so fun. I think electives are, I think electives are fun because we've gone through that. It's so long, you know, case study is no longer, case methodology is, not, is no longer new to you. Your classmates are no longer new to you. And so that's where that collaboration really comes out. You know, you're not fidgeting again in class. You're just chatting about your ideas. You, you, you're, comf- you're a lot more comfortable with the profs. And, and that's what makes electives fun for me. But yeah, it has to be, if I have to rank, it'll be negotiations, corporate financial reporting, and private equity. Those, those were fun courses, guys. Oh, that's so great to hear. I, I see you smiling, VA. Did you did you kind of, did you feel the same way? How was, how was the elective selection process for you? Oh my God, I had to hold myself to not interrupt him. <laughs> Guys, guys um, uh, that we're speaking to, I want you to, when, when you get a chance to ask questions, ask Illumine what he got, what, what was his grade in corporate financial reporting. <laughs> that, is, that is fun. That is fun. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. My background is not in accounting or finance or anything like that, but I did corporate financial reporting and I enjoyed it. I absolutely enjoyed it. It was one of my favorite, turned out to be one of my favorite. And I think that that's what, you know, that's why you do an MBA. That's why you do any court, any um, degree you know, or you embark on any new learning is that you actually want a different experience. You actually want to learn something new. And so, so, so yeah, courses like that. I, I, I just wanted to make that point that, you know, give yourself a chance if you, even if you don't think that you, you would enjoy it or you, you don't think you would use it in your future necessarily, give mm-hmm. it, you know, like it's always a good thing to have a different experience. So, so, so that was that for me. Um, other things I did high impact presenting. Um, I did negotiations as well, and I did a bunch of marketing courses. I know Olu probably, you know, is like, what is that? <laughs> but, um, but you know, that based on my interests and, and my passions, I, I, I tailored my, my electives. But, and like you said, it's, it's a great time. Electives are such a chill time. Um, you're feeling a lot more confident, although you 
you know, I mean, it's still okay to struggle. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely okay to struggle, even, even if you're in the elective season. Um, you're learning new things. You're stretching yourself still, um, even though it, it feels more familiar and comfortable at that point. But yes, it's okay to to, to struggle a bit. Because I'm just remembering in some of those corporate financial reporting classes, I'll be like, <laughs> I feel like I know the answer, but I don't know the words. <laughs> it's in my it's head. So to figure out the pathway out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's great to hear. Oh, that's great to hear. And that's really interesting that you both highlighted, you know, similar courses. And yeah, I'm I'm keen. I'm keen to hear your great or Olu, but uh, we'll wait until the end for that one. <laughs> Um, but so, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of the, the academic side of things, you know, we've gone through what that looks like and obviously the social side of things that is super important. You know, I mentioned how coming to Ivy to do your MBA is a really, uh, it's a tight knit program. And I think probably a big part of that are the student clubs and there are a ton of student clubs. I think there's over 45 that are available there, are, you know, the more career focused student clubs, like the consulting club. And then there are you know, more of the like easygoing, fun clubs. Like I think a couple of years ago, there was like a yoga club. I think there was like a wine club, you know, there's just all sorts of, (laughs) (laughs) all sorts of different things. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Olu, what kind of, what clubs did you join and what was your experience? Were you, were you a leader of the wine club? No, I wasn't, unfortunately. <laughs> um, uh, but but yes, I was I was a member of the wine club for sure. I I, I joined. Um, so I knew coming into the MBA that I wanted to transition away from just core finance into more impact related, you know, work. So I wanted to do something within social impact, um, yeah. um, ESG type work. And so I, I I found that we had just even before coming into the program at all, I I knew that we had like an ESG slash social impact club. And so I joined that one. And in fact, it was true that, and permit me to go back a bit to say that it was true that club that I did the internship. You know, there's this notion that, you know, within one year MBA, you, you can't do an internship. And while that's true for the most part, um, with clubs like this, you know, there were opportunities to do virtual internships. And I did, you know, a virtual internship with the Center of Sustainability and Entrepreneurship or something like that. So, you know, so mm. I started getting all of those experiences and, and which which I think is one of the huge, you know, plus that you get from joining a club. Um, I would not have done that internship otherwise had I not been a member of, you know, of the um, ESG club. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was a part of the ESG club, wine club. I think that was one of the one. I think I joined the finance club too, again, because I'm just, I love finance. Yeah, so I was I was a part of, of the finance club. Those those three were the ones that I, I did. Um, but I'll, I'll caveat this by saying that because our program was largely virtual, it was in the, you know, it was, during COVID, mm. we couldn't do as much, you know, mm-hmm. physical interaction activity yeah. um, or interactive activities as you would ordinarily do in, in you know, in the usual MBA program. And I'm already jealous of you guys because you you guys would likely have, you know, a physical, <laughs> you know, a physical or, you know, physical um, program. And so you'd even have larger benefits um, from, from, from the clubs. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely recommend the club. Like I said, it was, Club that I did my 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 internship and was paid, but 
That's great to hear. I mean, that's great. I, I think that, and I think you probably, um, you make a really good point about how now that things are coming to be back in person, I think there's a lot more appetite for these, for these clubs to be moving forward to doing things in person and hanging out together and, and kind of having more of that, um, more of that, uh, that side of things. I think like everybody is, everybody's keen to see each other in person again. Um, what about yourself, BA? Did you, did you join clubs? What was your experience? Yeah, the, the clubs are great. I feel like I was one of those people that was a member of every single club. <laughs> um, yeah, the, 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 they they have, um, they hold sessions, fire chats with people from industry. And it's always nice, you know, to get that feel. And I think that the, the, the biggest role they play for me was just helping me get more acclimated, I guess, with, you know, Canadian business landscape. So when you have a fireside chat, chat with somebody who works, um, who's a leader in RBC, you know, the, the the accounting people will bring him or, you know, somebody in the cannabis club, <laughs> um, somebody who owns a cannabis chain or something like that. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, like, so all those, all those were, were really good, just help, helping me get a better situated, understand the landscape a bit more. And, Hang out with people. Yeah. That's great. That's, I mean, that's great to hear. And I think that's really, that's, that's really the goal behind the clubs. You know, you want to make sure that you have the opportunity to, to keep those, you know, to, to build those career kind of networks and to, to have that side going. But then at the same time, I think it's a really nice space to have just time to talk with other people from the program and spend time with them based on other subjects that are outside of the MBA. You know, it's good to have the balance of both, I think. Mm -hmm. So just one tiny thing. to I I know that the opportunity is to to start clubs. So if there's something that you want to do and you can Mm -hmm. talk to um, the program office and for example when there was never an esg club uh, but it was the year before i joined that we started an esg and social impact club and that's because you know it was just a conversation that was that was becoming top and center within the Mm -hmm. business landscape and you know a a couple students came up you went up to the program office and became a thing so even if they are like maybe ai or, or something that you you think you know, it's becoming front and center. You can have a conversation with the program office. And I know the opportunities to, to get new clubs um, start there. Yeah, and ratified by the program office, of course. Yeah, and I think that that's something that the program office is actually really good at recognizing that each class is going to be different and they're going to have different interests and maybe different clubs that they're interested in pursuing. And I think they are really supportive, which is good because, I mean, appetites and temperatures change over the course of years. So something that maybe was popular once upon a time is not actually going to be so relevant anymore. So that's a great note. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So something that I think that we should talk about is the fact that, you know, the Ivy School of Business is in London, Ontario, which is in Canada, which has a pretty intense winter. This is something that we talk about with candidates coming in, I think, a lot. Uh, and in fact, it's so interesting because <clears throat> before the session, uh, BA and Olu and I were just talking about sort of the, the the hot side of like, you know, the the summer here. But we also get an equally cold winter. And I think for some candidates coming in, it can be a little bit intimidating to think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to deal with like minus 20. What does that even feel like? What does that look like? Will I need to just like walk around in a sleeping bag all the time. And so how did you both handle the transition? Because as you said, BA, it starts, you know, the Ivy program starts in March. And so that means if students do PKP, they come, you know, they can come earlier, or we would also encourage students to come earlier just so they get used to the city and are ready to actually kind of, you know, take off with the program when it starts in March. But, but 
for UBA, how was that? How was coming to Canada in March and kind of getting here right during kind of a pretty chilly season? Was it easier than you expected? Was it hard? How did, I mean, how did, how did you survive? Oh, wow. Um, I think nothing can prepare you for it. So just forget about it. If you want to do an MBA, like just you're like, I'm going in and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> really, because, you know, I, we've been here um, three about three years now. We're mm. getting on three years and nothing's still prepared. Like, it's still, I'm, I'm dreading the end of summer. It was, it was just in July and I'm like, I don't want this to end. Like, it's going to be um, so yeah, it, it's, um, I, I would say it's, um, you know, you, it's a new experience and hopefully you find ways to enjoy it. I see, you know, people finding ways to enjoy it. There are the, the games, the winter sports that people play, the games you can play, you know, in the winter. And it's just a whole different experience. I know people say things like I've always wanted to experience a white Christmas. I've always wanted to go skiing. I always wanted to go snowboard, you know, things like that. So those are, I guess, the ways in which you manage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, like don't let it keep you. It's, it's just one of nature's gifts. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a new experience. That that there are ways, obviously, you uh, think about, you know, the coats that you're going to buy and um, getting a happy light. I have a happy light. Uh, getting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of those blankets, one of those heavy blankets, because mm-hmm. um, the, you know, the ways to manage and the many, many products out there that, that can help you get through it. But I just say nothing prepares you for it. Every year it's just as hard. You know, you can't be too prepared for something like a snowstorm, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll be out there and the snowstorm happens. You just have to, you know, brace it, um, brace for it. But mm-hmm. um, I, I'd say, I'd say it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? That's that's fair. I think one of my favorite things I bought a couple of years ago is like I have a plug-in hand warmer, so it's like a USB rechargeable hand warmer, and I have that in my mittens, and it's like, and it just like makes my day so much nicer. So when I'm walking around, I don't have cold hands. And I think you're right. It's it's about figuring out those things that kind of make it fun for you. So whether that's playing sports outside or whether that's getting you know the nice big blanket, or you're right, it's it's just a different way of living and figuring out. Okay, well. Well, this is how I'm gonna. This is how I'm gonna deal with this particular gift from Mother Nature. But but what about you, Olu? How did how was it easier than you expected? Harder? How did you deal with it? Oh no, mine 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 was slightly harder in that I was even even I was moving in from the Middle East, and so okay. <laughs> I was moving from fifty degrees into. Oh no! <laughs> I, remember land, I remember landing in three degrees, guys. Oh, I landed wow. in three degrees, and I was freezing and my friend yeah. was like oh no it's great like it's great weather today <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's great weather it's still good but no all of all of those points that um the areas that valid um it's just on a lighter note just forget about that jacket you want to buy in yaba like <laughs> forget, forget about it. you know you just buy appropriate clothing um go out and build a snowman i've never done that before by the way like i every year my parents ask me if i finally got it <laughs> my beauty is a snowman but you know to be his point there are also opportunities to learn new things you know learn how to ski learn how to you know to do those so I'd, I'd um I'd hiked in 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 well not winter but I'd, I've hiked in minus two degrees before and think about it I'd, I'd never experienced snow before coming to Canada and mm. to think that now I hike in in the snow um 
nothing prepares you for it. You can only just dress up for it and, you know, find ways to 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 not make it too gloomy for yourself. I think yeah. it's that's like, no, that's good. And that's good to hear. I think you're right. You find ways to get around just like you find ways, you know, like when you're in 50 degree heat in the Middle East, you find ways to acclimatize to that. It's like the same, <laughs> except it's just the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you about just kind of is the cultural differences. So coming from, you know, coming to Canada and, and if there were specific things that you, you know, would like to highlight or you want to keep in mind about sort of the cultural difference where kind of where you came from, I know Olu, you said you were in the Middle East, but then at the same time, like if there are particular things that you're noticing that would be different for candidates coming in from, you know, Africa to Canada, and there's anything that you'd want to highlight to, to, to people here today. I think I'll probably go first. I think that for the most part, we, you know, we live in Nigeria where, I mean, there's diversity, but for the most part, you know, you, you lived all your life there. And so you know how people relate. And then coming to a country like this, where people are really diverse, uh, just think about your class. There will be people from over 30 countries in your class. Um, there are a lot of nuances to learn. Uh, but remember that other people too are learning about your culture. So I think the first thing is realizing that there'll be a lot to learn in terms of just the different, there's no one culture you're coming to learn. You're coming to learn different people's culture because it's a really diverse country. And so you meet people mm-hmm. from all walks of life, you know, from different countries. Um, so I think being open mind, open-mindedness is sort of like the key, <laughs> you know, um, for me. Um, mm-hmm. So th- that's only one answer. You, 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 it'll be not just one culture, but diverse culture. I think there'll also be other culture shocks like, you know, the way people talk. And on a light note, I remember what the first day that I got to the airport, I wanted to buy what we call water. And I was like, oh, can I, can I get a bottle of water? And the person was like, what? I was like, water? And the person was like, what? And then I, when I repeated myself, it took time. And the person was like, oh, water. I'm like, it is water, guys. <laughs> like, that's a theme, you know? Um, and so there'll be, you know, there'll be language yeah. differences, just accents, you know, that, that you just might not get right off the bat. But the longer you stay here, the longer that you, you know, start understanding what people say. But again, realize that you're also new in the country and people are also trying to get to know you and trying mm-hmm. to understand what you're saying too. Um, the one thing I can say for sure is because it's such a diverse, you know, community, people for the most part extend the grace to you um, that you're, you're just from a different part of the world and they're also trying to learn about you and to the extent that you're open-minded like that, I, I think you know, it, it'll be fun. For me, it was just fun meeting people from different places and learning about them. I remember we did Diwali we celebrated Diwali uh, in school. I dressed up for it <laughs> you know, I, I went there and learned about Diwali. I never joined Diwali before, for those that don't know it, um, it's an not India, I think it's a Southeast Asian or mm-hmm. it's an Asian celebration. Uh, India, mm-hmm. Pakistan, it is mm-hmm. in sea. Um, I, I dressed up for it and it was fun, you know. So you you get to learn a lot more um, about other people's culture and, and their way of life. And you also learn respect. Um, I think that, that's 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 the other thing that I'll that, that, that add. Um, but yeah, just being open-minded, I guess, yeah. is, is no that's great i think that's great to hear you know just to have that that experience of being open-minded and even you know the the smallest little things about like accents such a good thing to notice that it's just like we you know it's same language different accents and sometimes people are just you know they're they're trying they're trying to understand and it's just you just get to explain yourself maybe a couple of times um what about yourself, BA? Is there anything that you wanted to highlight, you know, when it comes to the cultural differences between or for candidates who are coming into Canada and, and haven't necessarily spent a lot of time in the country? 
Sure. And I, I like the, the points that Olu raised, which, you know, if, if I had anything to add, it would just be for me. I mean, in hindsight, I realized that it, it was pretty expensive. <laughs> like just going, I was like, everything is so expensive. Um, I, I had, I lived for a few, uh, a month thereabout in the U S just before coming to Canada. And I, I think I benchmarked with, you know, some of the prices I was seeing in the U S and I, I still think Canada is slightly more expensive than, um, it's the HST, BA. It's the HST. Oh, it's the, okay. So it's the tax, it's but the it tax. goes to where it goes towards the healthcare system. So that's okay. We <laughs> it accept does, it. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I would say that just in your budgeting, um, I think, I don't know, at the time we came in, I, we had this page on the website that helped you understand what your expenses will be. So I'd say mm-hmm. those numbers, yeah, yeah. yeah, those numbers, you know, are right. Maybe plus or minus 10%. Because I, I, you know, when I looked at it, I was like, oh no, I, I, I can't, I can do much less than this, but mm-hmm. they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah. So you want to think about that. And, you know, we're talking about the cold, taking care of yourself in the cold is also quite expensive. So yeah. you want to think about that as well. Um, some of the other things culturally, I think, Personally, this is my opinion. I think Nigerians, I can speak for Nigerians, maybe some other Africans uh, are quite gregarious, a bit more, much more gregarious than you might find um, um, some Canadians to be, much more outgoing, certainly more assertive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so those are differences that mm-hmm. I had to sort of navigate personally mm-hmm. and just understand it, it, it helps to understand that that you're coming at life from very different perspectives, and that's um, and that's okay. And and I will say that you know it's 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 also um, doing this program has been you know completely transformative for me in the sense that you know you learn a lot about yourself outside of your comfort zone, outside of people that are like you, and so that actually you know deep, deepen, deepens your understanding of yourself. And I'll say that that's been the biggest gift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I think you're right. I think it's it's worthwhile noting that sometimes Canadians can be a little bit quieter. And that doesn't mean that they're not necessarily as friendly. But I think sometimes that I don't know, maybe it's just the the culture or because the country is so big and there's so few of us. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. you don't you tend not to run into as many people. So yeah, I think that those are those are really good points. Um, you know, when it comes to uh coming in to uh, working through the visa process. I think that's another thing that I wanted to highlight because I wanted to check. So for just so everybody's aware, so for candidates who receive an acceptance offer for Ivy, um, we support uh, we support immigration services. So we'll support uh, candidates with connecting them to an immigration consultant to help apply for their visa and help work through that process. Because there's a very real understanding that it is a lengthy process, that it can be quite complicated. And, you know, I think that that's probably true across the board. I've applied for visas for visas through for a few different countries, and it, I don't think it's necessarily easy ever. And so we understand that for candidates coming into Canada, it's an important piece of the puzzle. And can I ask, uh, BA, maybe I'll ask you to go first. Did you work with Yahala Immigration? And if so, how how was that experience for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I worked with Yahala from the beginning, even while we were in the program. We had a few questions for him. And yeah, I found him wonderful. And um, the service was great. I, I think there's a, there's a complimentary service that involves one um, engagement with him or one or two, I don't remember. So yeah, it was great. It, it, it was um, very helpful. Uh, what I found on, on my my call with him was three things, you know, to bear in mind if, if you're applying for a student visa was to make sure that you can show that you can fund your studies, that you um, will come back 
and that you have ties to your country. So just, I, you know, like this was three years ago and I still remember just to tell you, you know, just how good the service was and just having that back of my mind when I was making my application was really helpful. Um, and I think my legal background may have helped a bit. So I had, you know, these, these, these three headers and I was just evidence, 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 <laughs> evidence, evidence, evidence. <laughs> That evidence that like, you know, just covered all bases, answer questions before they asked them. And um, yeah, we, we went on that journey together, Ulu and I. And I think that Ulu owes me dinner. Just <laughs> for, I still for, do. You know, yeah, yeah, when you come yeah. back. But yeah, it, yeah. So we, we we both had similar experiences and uh, mm. I, I found it very helpful. Yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's challenging. I think uh, somebody told me after I got my admission and they were like, oh, congratulations. This is so exciting. And said, now you get to the hard part. I was like, <laughs> getting admission was not the hard part. <laughs> now you get to the hard part. For sure. Yeah. 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 And so, Olu, you you had a similar journey to BA? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I, I, you know, everything... I'll re-echo everything B.A. said, um, and I'll just add two things. Uh, first is Ragid, I, I believe that's his name, was yeah. very helpful in that. In my own case, I, I got denied the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and that's because, you know, there was some conversation about ties back to my own country. Remember that I'd applied from Qatar at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, the visa officer wasn't exactly certain that I'll go back to my own country after, you know, after the program. Uh, and so just having someone to read through my um, letter of explanation again and then give me feedback on the things that I did not include in the first one, which I should be including now. Um, and after Raggy took a look at it, I also spoke to my lawyer friend, the MBA manager. <laughs> and then she also, you know, she also had it to, took a look at it. And, yeah. you know, it was just great to have that support. Um, mm-hmm. And I got, I got it the second time. Um, I think the other thing to add, though, is because it's a visa process and denial is a possibility. It always makes sense to apply early. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the, you know, what the, um, what the um, period, what the um, processing time is, mm-hmm. is like now, but I remember that at the time it used to be like eight weeks for Nigerians, mm-hmm. right? I don't know whether it's longer or shorter now. So think mm-hmm. about, we're going to school in say March, um, there's a possibility that you get, get denied. So you don't want to apply in January, for example, yeah. um, where there's a possibility that, you know, you just might not, even if you get approved, it might be after the program has started. So you, you want to put in your application early mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, you get you get your admission out of the way and you can face um, visa and get that. So in the eventuality that, you you know, you get denied, there's still the opportunity to apply again and you still have sufficient time to, to get the visa Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's a good point. You know, we recommend that all international candidates apply, you know, that they have their acceptance from us by September time. So uh, just so everybody's aware, our next deadline is the 19th of September. And for international candidates, that's really the deadline that we need you to apply by. And it's just what you said, Olu. It's just so they, uh, so you have enough time to apply for the visa. If things don't necessarily go the way that you expected, then you can apply again. You know, you've just got time to to go through that process because it can be a lengthy process and and things can go wrong. And sometimes someone reads a document and, and they infer something and that's not 
not actually the case. So, so it, it's, it's good to hear that. Uh, so another one of the supports that we offer is uh, City Match. And City Match is, uh, it, they call themselves a settlement, a settlement service, a, a settlement concierge. And essentially what they do is, um, again, this is provided uh, complimentary by Ivy to candidates who are coming to the program. And really what they do is they work with candidates to help them find, um, find housing and get settled in the city of London. And again, I think, Olu, I'm going to start off with you, but did you use City Match? And, and what was your experience with them? Oh yeah, Jody was on my case, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Jody was Jody. Jody will send me. Jody will send me. You know, um, out. You know, she, she, so the way it worked is it works is you know set up that initial conversation about kind of apartment that you want. I wanted a furnished apartment. I don't know. You know, we might. Yeah, you know, do you want a two bedroom apartment? Etc. Etc. So they will take mm-hmm. all of the. You know, Jody would have that first conversation with you, and then she would then tailor your search and start sending you opportunities. And you know, Jody would send me all of these things that I would take forever before I respond. <laughs> and even though even though I wasn't you know as serious about it. Um, she still found me a bridge accommodation, you know, because mm. I was I was out at work. I was, you know, trying to close out my engagement in Doha at the time. Mm. And, and because I wasn't available to search for an apartment and even when she was sending me apartments, I couldn't get in on time. She found me a bridge ac- apartment for the first mm. month when I got into the into into oh, Canada great. until when I eventually, you know, got it, got a place. So, and so she's, you know, Jody's, Jody, Jody's fantastic like that. And another thing she does, even though I didn't use it, she picks people up from the airport. I don't know if she still does it, but like she would, she will pick you up from the airport and bring you, you know, to where, you know, to, to your apartment. And so mm-hmm. that's a service that you definitely want want to use. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, did you use Jody? I can't remember if you did. Oh yeah, I did. We I used Jody. I, I remember you telling me this story as well. But yeah, we we used Jody. Um, I was a lot more responsive to Jody <laughs> than Oli as, as as a good person. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, great great service. If it's still available, I'll say avail yourself of it. There's also yeah. services she um she provides when you have arrived. I think they do a tour of London. They help mm-hmm. you, you know, get some supplies. I think we even got a little gift, a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. from yeah, IKEA sets, yeah. She cares a lot. I think that's one of the great things about it is, you know, we're happy to have her as a member of the team because she just really cares. I think that's something that we really want to, I suppose maybe that's something that's really important to our team is that people really care, but we care about the candidates coming in. And I think Jody does a great job of that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it was no, no complaints at all. Just, just good stuff. Just, just great stuff. Uh, And where did, and BA, where did you end up living in the city? Did you live close to campus or did you live downtown? Oh, I, I live downtown. Uh, okay. city place. <laughs> city place yeah, you live downtown as well. <laughs> so you can have access what to all exactly the restaurants, downtown, all the bars. It was because it was close to the bars, I think. Yeah. Like, I think it was like, <laughs> to <be> downtown. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we had big plans for COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Well, we're getting, we're getting kind of to the, to the end of our time. And I know we'd hope to have time for Q&A, but I just want to ask kind of two more questions. So what would you say was sort of the most surprising out of your whole experience with, you know, the Ivy MBA from admissions all the way to graduation? What would you kind of highlight as one surprising thing? Hmm. I, I think for admissions, I think it was unbelievable how much the admissions team cared. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that, and this is for real. Like I remember at some point I was saying to Ali, like, 
are you sure this is the biggest school in Canada? Are you, are you really sure this is the Ivy League in Canada? Because <laughs> it was almost as if there were no candidates and she wanted me to join the school by because that's how much she cared. You know, she yeah. would check up on me. She would reach out. She would, and and it's not just Ali. It's the same across the board. You know, when I joined and I speak to other, you know, every other classmate and whether it's, you know, classmates of Africa or out, you know, you know, the Asia or wherever, you know, admissions team was just out of the world. Um, you know, they would listen to you. They genuinely cared about you joining joining the program and, and they would try their best to ensure that they cater to your needs. I think that that was one thing that surprised me because I'd, I applied to some other schools, you know, top schools in the US. Nobody really cared about me that much. Like, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't make me feel special the way that I did. I, I, I dare say that most people joined the school because yeah. of the admissions team. Mm. Um, I think the other thing that, that surprised me was I didn't realize that, and, I, and it, 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 it's back to what BA was saying about learning about yourself. Um, I, w- I was usually the guy in the background. I did not realize that I could stand in front of people and have conversations, you know, in a class of 150. And that, that's not because I haven't spoken in the past. You know, I've, I've had I've held management meetings in the past, but I would rather be in the background. Um, mm. But going through that, you know, that program, it's truly transformative as, as, as you know, as, as we always start the program to be. Um, I'm not shy to, to speak up anymore. I'm not shy mm. to, you know, to make my voice be heard first anymore. I'm not shy to put my own opinion forward first anymore mm-hmm. um typically i'd want to you know i'd want to listen to everybody before i you know i put forward an opinion but going through that program it's surprising how much you know i, I share my ideas and i'm willing to listen to other people's perspective i respect that my perspective is not necessarily the best um but also it's not worst in the room um it's just my perspective i think that being transformative in that in that way is one really surprising part of, of the program for me so admissions really yeah. caring about you and program being truly transformative mm, that's great to hear thank you olu and and ba what about yourself what was a surprising thing Wow, that's that's a really a really tough one. That's a really really tough one. But I think um, coming into Canada without really you know having a picture of what to expect. So I think everything was surprising. You know, from mm. the cold to you know the, the sheer diversity of um, the class and you know the country actually to you know the culture you know just getting used to the culture and then on the other side the the whole recruiting process and you know building your way through to where you want to be so it it did take a lot of you know sort of mental strength adapting and and so on um to all those processes so 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 i mean i think every step of the way i was met with quite a bit of surprise i was out of my comfort zone i was out of everything mm-hmm. i knew mm-hmm. um so so just, I, and it's i think it's a fun ride i think it, it's a net good experience with mm-hmm. um lots of great you know surprises along the way so i would you know i would do it again even with some of the more shocking parts of it of course of course yeah. and uh and and just finally uh in addition to that what's you know one piece of advice that you would give yourself uh kind of knowing what you know now uh what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself if you were back in the shoes of the people who are attending our session today ba 
Oh, okay. Great. Great question. I think um, what I do now, like it's something I've alluded to before now was um, I would get more, um, get more involved or I would think a bit more about the content of the program Mm. and, you know, just start to learn a bit more about, you know, finance and marketing, accounting and what to expect and start Mm -hmm. to prepare myself more Mm -hmm. um, for that. I would, yeah. So yeah. And I would, um, I would, you know, trust myself a bit more, you know, just trust myself a bit more um, and be willing to put myself out there even more than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd also say, our, our experience was very unique, you know, given that it was COVID, we had to adapt, we had to do So we've learned from that experience. But looking back, I would say, you know, just live in the moment, avoid the drama um, and, uh, and enjoy. That's, that's great. That's great advice. I, I love that. The idea of trusting yourself too. I think that's something that I've heard from, from students before, that that's a really important piece. And how about yourself, Olu? One final piece of advice if you were in the shoes of these folk attending today. Yeah, I'd say that it's everything BA said, but I'll, I'll start from, you know, this point where you're just recruiting. I think you should never self-select yourself out of the program. Mm-hmm. I think that you're deserving to get into the program. Um, you just extend that grace to yourself that I deserve to be in the program. Um, the Ivy wants diversity. Ivy wants, you know, your rich experience. Um, it was something that for the, for the most part, I thought if this is the best school in Canada. Um, there's no way, you know, I'm, I'm sure the people with better experiences than I am, you know, that they'll get into the program. And, uh, but you're exactly what Ivy is looking for. You, your, your depth, your, your difference, your, di- your diversity, that depth of experience that you're bringing to the table. Remember it's case study. So, it's really about the depth of your experience that, that you're bringing. That's really what we want you to come and share in class. Um, and so do not self-select yourself out of the, of, of the race. Um, mm-hmm. Go in, at, go go at it um, and, mm-hmm. you know, extend the grace to fail and pick yourself back up. You know, that, mm-hmm. that that's that's a piece of advice. And, you know, reach out to alums. Um, that, that was one thing that certainly helped me, you know, reach out to people that have gone through the program. Um, the program just might not be for you. We're not here to sell you a pipe dream. You know, it just, this this one might not be for you. So mm-hmm. speak to alums and, you know, be open and honest about, you know, where you see yourself, what your own career plans and aspirations are, and they'll be sure to guide you, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, towards the right, you know, to, towards mm-hmm. the right program if this is the one for you. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great advice too. I think you're, you really hit the nail on the head with connecting <clears throat> with alums, you know, talk to, talk to, talk to someone who's been through the experience that you want to want to have. And that's a great piece of advice, uh, I think to end on. So I'm sorry, everyone, that we're not going to get a chance to, uh, to, to, um, do any Q and a today, but if you have any questions, uh, I'll be in touch after the session and you can follow up or, you know, you can, uh, always reach out as, as Olu said, always reach out to an alum. I, I think that everyone is really happy to talk to MBA candidates because they've all been in your shoes and they know what it feels like. Uh, so if you have any questions, you can get in touch with me. Just another reminder that our next, uh, deadline is on the 19th of September. Uh, so there's a bit of time between now and then, but, uh, get in touch if you, if you need anything. And, uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Olu. Thank you, BA. It has been wonderful to hear your experiences. I just love hearing about what it was like for you on the program. And, you know, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to chat to you today. Thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks, thanks, thanks for organizing this. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye now. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and left with a better understanding of what life is like in our program. For more information, 
and to submit your resume for an assessment, please visit go.ivy.ca forward slash MBA.